This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, let's jump in. It says this, it says, And they devoted themselves, they all explain, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that's the Bible, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, come on, the fast is over, and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Does not sound like Twitter. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as anyone had need. And day by day they were attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. And they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to Bancroft Valley East in the church, added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now if you don't know anything about the Bible, this is Acts chapter 2. What has happened just right before this is that Jesus Christ, who we believe is the Son of God, came down from heaven to earth, though he was rich, became poor. Though he was God, became man. Lived a perfect life for 33 years. Died on a cross for the sins of the world. Went down to the earth for three days. Defeats death, defeats sin, and gets up from the grave. Come on, does anybody believe in resurrection power that Jesus... Y'all don't give Jesus a church clap. Come on, give him a resurrection clap today. He defeated it all. He gets up from the grave and spends a few more days on earth. And right when he's about to depart back to heaven, he says to his guys, Guys, stay here in Jerusalem until the power of the Holy Spirit comes. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says this, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So they're waiting in Jerusalem. Jesus goes back to heaven. They're waiting in Jerusalem. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that the day of Pentecost comes, which is the day that the Holy Spirit comes upon them. The Holy Spirit comes upon them in Acts chapter 2. And all of a sudden, the Bible says they've got so much power, they've got so much ability, that the first message that's preached, 3,000 people get saved. The same guy that denied that he knew Jesus three times preaches the first message of the church and 3,000 people get saved. So they've got the power of the Holy Spirit. They've got the power of Jesus. And all of a sudden it says here, if you see a picture of what church should look like, it says they were together every day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were breaking bread house to house. They were praying together. Signs and wonders were happening. Everything was going on. And they were sharing with each other. So in other words, translation. We see the result of the gospel at work when the church starts. And when the church starts, it is more powerful on Monday than it is on Sunday. It is more powerful on Tuesday than it is on the 10 a.m. service. 
There's something about the way God designed his church to operate, not from service to service, not from Sunday to Sunday, but he designed us to be in community. I want to preach a message today, write down the title. It's called, I've Been Craving Community. I've been craving, and I believe with all my heart that Jesus has set up his church not just to be a one-time, a once-a-week activity. It's not about our religion. It's about our relationship. And if you see the way the church started, they were in houses together. They were breaking bread together. They were praying together. They were reading the scripture together. They had unity together. They were simple people. And the reason why they were so excited was because they had connectivity. I believe that the enemy of your soul does everything within his power to get you isolated and on your own. So you are barely a survivor on an island called loneliness. But the way God set up his church is not that you would have a great Sunday experience and starve until your next Sunday experience. But the way God designed life was that we would be fulfilled Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That if you only eat on Sundays, you're going to starve throughout the week. I was talking to somebody this last week, and uh, sorry, two weeks ago now, and, uh, and he was telling me, he's like, yo, man, Zoe's so cool, man. I love Zoe. Yo, I'm down with Zoe. He's like, yo, but can I be honest with you, Pastor? And I was like, I feel like I don't have an option. He's like, yo, but can I be honest with you, Pastor? I was like, yeah, for sure, for sure. I was like, I can't wait to hear what you're going to say. He's like, yo, Pastor, so Sunday's not enough. And I was like, is that it? You're like, I need something like midweek because like by Monday I'll be tripping already. I was like, this guy's awesome. I love Zoe people. What he's saying is true. Sunday is not enough. Because by Monday you and I be tripping and stuff. Sunday, I'm a Christian. Monday morning, I don't know who I am. We need day-to-day. We need community. We need the way Jesus set his church up was not about a church service. It was all about community. Come on, let's pray together and let's believe that God will inspire Zoe people to be more about Monday through Saturday than we are on Sunday. God, we thank you today for our church, and we thank you that people are the greatest gift that you've given us. Lord, we thank you that we are convinced in the way you've set up church. We believe that that is the model that we're supposed to emulate in our life. God, help us to be those that don't live on lonely island. Help us, God, to be the people that really serve one another and give to one another and step up for one another. God, help us to be more committed to the community than we are to church services. We thank you for what you're doing at Zoe Church, and we thank you, God, for Valentine's Day. Let it be awesome for every married couple and all the single people that come to the Young Adult event. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Come on, let's clap together. Valentine's week. Single people, we have an option for you. Married people, have fun with the reservations. I I don't know about you, but 
if, if I really like get jealous of people, like I don't know if you find yourself getting like you, you find every once in a while like a jealous streak that just kind of hits you and you're like, oh, I don't want to be jealous. I find myself jealous of these people. I find for myself personally, I'm just going to be honest with you. I really don't get jealous of people that have stuff like, you know, cars and things. That's cool. Like, I just know I'll never have it, so I don't get jealous of it, you know. Just like, oh, that's so far from my life that I'll ever have that. I just, I decided to preach the gospel. That will never be me. That's fine. So I don't get jealous of stuff. I more get jealous of people that have community. You know what I'm talking about? Like when it's like clearly these people are like, they've got great community. They've got friendship. They've got a support system. They've got people around them. They encourage them. Like every once in a while I'll see community, I'm like, okay, you're winning, you're winning. What are you doing that I'm not doing? It was a couple years ago when we moved to LA and we were just starting the church and getting things going and Julie and I met this one couple and they had such amazing community. Like they were just, it felt like the masters of community. And I'll never forget Julia coming to me and describing like how great their community is and how they encourage each other and they get together and they make these meals together. And Julia is the oldest of four girls. All of the girls can cook. All of them are like chefs. One of them has their own blog on how to be a great cook. Like they're just, they're unbelievable cooks. And so Julia loves to cook. She loves to be in the kitchen. She loves to have community. She loves to watch TV shows. None of these things I'm good at. I can't cook and I can't sit still to watch a TV show. So she's telling me about these people and she's like, oh, I would just give anything to have community like that. She's kind of tearing up. She's like, this is, that's what I want in my life. I want community like that. And they would kind of challenge me because I kind of get insecure. I'm like, what, am I, am I not good enough? Am I not good enough? So what you saying about our life, woman? Like, I get defensive. But I could hear in her voice the craving that's in all of our soul. At the end of the day, what do you really want? At the end of the day, what do we all need? We all crave connectivity. We all crave community, a support system, true friendship, not acquaintances. I'm convinced you don't need more acquaintances. You need more friends. You need true community, real, authentic. That's why I'm excited about the East, because we're not just going out to start a church. We are extending our community a support system of encouragement to help people that might be struggling. Oh, come on, Valley. Come on, Bancroft. The greatest part about Zoe Church is the people of Zoe Church. In fact, I hear this all the time. People will tell me in the courtyard after services, like, hey, pastor, I just got to tell you I love Zoe. Zoe changed my life. No disrespect. It wasn't the preaching that, that, that changed my life. And I'm like, mm-hmm, you sound like my wife. <laughs> it wasn't the preaching. It wasn't the worship. But the community has changed my life. I don't find any disrespect in that because this is the way God set up his church. There's supposed to be more community happening on the other six days than the one day we get together to celebrate what happened the other six days. The problem is you and I are convinced that it's all about church and not about community. God set up six days of festivity, six days of breaking bread, six days of being together, six days of sharing meals, more than the one day where we come and we sing songs and hear a message. The church is stronger during the week than it is on Sunday. But the problem is you and I, we don't get plugged into the community and we don't throw ourselves in com into community. It's because you and I are still struggling with our old nature. 
our old, it's the Adam nature. It's the nature you were born into thanks to a couple that ate an apple. A honey crisp. And because of their sin, shame swept in. Because of their sin, hiding swept in. In fact, write down point number one. Our old nature loves to hide, isolate, and live in selfishness. This is your old nature. This is my old nature. Our old nature, I'm telling you, if whenever sin creeps into the equation, you can always tell because hiding is always the result of sin. Hiding out. It's amazing. God says to Adam and Eve in the first book of the, first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, he says, guys, you can have anything you want. You just may not eat from the, from the tree of forbidden fruit. It is the one tree they go to to eat the apple. When they eat the apple, watch what happens in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 3 verse 8, it says, and... They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the gardens. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? You ever have a friend that's struggling and not doing good and all your texts to them are, where you at? You good? Where are you? I haven't seen you. Are you okay? Because our old nature, as soon as sin, as soon as we eat the apple, as soon as we participate in that thing, as soon as we do what we're not supposed to do, the direct result of that will be hiding. And why does Adam hide and why do you hide? It's because we feel bad about our actions. We feel shame. And so we isolate and we say, I can't come back into the community until I'm good. I can't come around people until I'm, I'm fine and you can't tell from my face. And so, and so I'm going to hide and isolate. This is your old nature. It's amazing. That you, no one has to teach you this, by the way. My two-year-old, he just turned two this week. My two-year-old, Clive, when I get after him, if he's disobedient and he does something he's not supposed to do, I'll say to him, Clive, Clive. And when I say it, he goes like this. In fact, if he has like a toy or like he loves guitar, he loves his guitar so much. Guitar. And so if he has his guitar, he just, he grabs it, he puts it over his head. And I'll say in my dad's voice, Clive. And you and I are just like that. Because when we make a mistake, we're just. It is our old nature that causes us to hide and to isolate and to do the exact opposite of what you need. You need freedom. You need connectivity. You need community. Your soul is craving it. But because of shame and sin, the enemy convinces you you're not good enough to come into community. You're not good enough to be around folks. You're not good enough. And the Lord said to Adam and Eve, where are you? Where are you? I wonder if God's saying to some of you today, where are you? Where are you at? Like, where are you at? For real, where are you at? Some of us are hiding, and God does not. It is only the enemy of your soul that wants you to hide. In fact, write down point number two. The enemy left heaven's community and fights to keep everyone out. It is the devil himself. Let's call him by name. His name is Lucifer. His name is Satan. He was cast down from heaven and kicked 
out of the community. Watch what it says in Isaiah about the, the lead worship leader of heaven at the time, Lucifer. Watch what it says in Isaiah. Uh, go to verse uh, chapter 14, 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mountain of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. It was the lead worshiper of heaven, Satan, that was kicked out of the community, and because he was kicked down and into hell, he does everything within his power to keep you out of the community. He realizes there is so much strength for you. There is so much life for you. There is so much joy for you. There is so much freedom for you if you're in the community. So he fights to keep you out. You ever be around somebody that, 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 that because they don't get to have it, you don't get to have it? Because they don't get to go, you don't get to go? Because they, they, they hate something, that means everybody in their world has to hate something? The devil got kicked out of heaven's community and does everything to keep you out of community. My question is, are you going to let the, the, the Lucifer, the Satan, the wicked one, keep you away from the thing that will fulfill you and the thing that will heal you and the thing that your soul craves? No, I don't know about you, but not from my marriage, not from my family, not from my church, not from my children. Come on, I'm going to be smack dab in the middle of what God designed for my life. Come on, clap right now. Come Come on, Valley. Come on, online. Come on, let's give God a praise. We refute the attack of Satan. And that's why when, when, when the serpent not only got Adam and Eve to get the apple, the serpent was the one that brought shame. And, 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 the, and they were fine. They were fine in the garden. They were fine. But when sin crept in, all of a sudden, the enemy gets a hold of them and they're filled with shame. I wonder what sin you have participated in you in, in your life that you're convinced is keeping you away from God's people. No, you need God's people. You need to be around people that love you, accept you, and forgive you. You need to be around people that will pray with you and love you. You need to be around people that will encourage you and embrace you right where you are. You might have eaten an apple. I don't care what it was. I don't care what it is. It is not bigger than grace. It is not bigger than God. It is not greater than the forgiveness that comes from Jesus Christ. Come on, clap right now and let's shame you have no place. Shame is such a bully. You ever meet a bully? And, you, and they're, they're, they have bully tendencies and bully tactics. And, and sometimes you, you, you don't have the, the wherewithal and the backbone to stand up to a bully and call them out. And you kind of get quiet around a bully. And you're like, man, they're being a bully. But you don't say anything until you drive home with your wife. They were being a bully tonight. <laughs> Hate it when they do that. Such a bully. Yeah, why don't you say something? I don't know. All right, socially, I understand. Maybe you don't want to stand up to Biff and his gang. That was a great call. i got to be honest. That was a great call. It just came to me. I was like, boom, got it. Nailed it. Nailed it. I ain't going to lie. I nailed that one. That, was, that felt good. So stupid. Like, bro, there was three movies that we, we all know his name. I get it if you don't want to stand up to somebody socially. But will you let an invisible force from hell attack you so much to pick you off and keep you separated 
from community. Shame, isolation, discouragement. And, pe- and people, people from this side, they'll reach out and be like, where you at? Where, you good? Where you? I haven't seen you. Are, you. are you all right? Do I need to come to your house and drag you out of your house to come and be with you? And shame is such a strong force. It causes many of us to live so frustrated, so unfulfilled. Living just with lies, 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 lies. And all you can hear is lies because you're so far away from hearing the truth of who God is. But what I love about all that we're talking about today is that everything does not start with community. Everything starts with Jesus. In fact, write that down, number three. It all starts with Jesus. It all starts with grace. Listen, the old nature cannot just be cast off. The new nature is only found in belief in Jesus. The new nature only comes by accepting the good news, which is the gospel, that Jesus loves us in spite of us. That Jesus loves us and died on a cross for us. Come on, is there anybody thankful today? Out with the old, come on Zoe, and in with the new. Watch what it says here. Look, look on the screen. It says 2 Corinthians 5. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, before Jesus, you had to be over here. You had to have shame. You had to be embarrassed. But because of Christ, we get to be in the presence of God. Not because of what you've done. Not because of you earned it. Not because of your works. Only by belief in Jesus Christ, we get a new nature that is found in faith. Oh, I love this, because it says the old nature is gone, that Adam nature is gone, and that Christ nature is here. When the gospel gets, listen, Jesus has not come to change part of your life. Jesus has come to change all of your life. He wants to change your mind. He wants to change your soul. He wants to change your spirit. He'll change your countenance. He'll change everything about you. Because religion is modifying your behavior, but relationship with Jesus is a revolution on the inside. That's what grace does. Grace flips the whole thing upside down. Grace says, listen, your old nature, you wanted to participate. You wanted to indulge your flesh. You wanted to go out and do that. In the new nature, I want to go to church. I want to read my Bible. I want to pray. I want to be house to house. I want to be in a connect group. I want to come to Grow Track. I want to be at Zoe Conference. I want to listen to, come on, anybody thankful right now? I feel the want to rising in the spirit. Religion struggles because the old man's still there. The old nature's still there. The old nature's still hostage. The old nature's like, ah, I gotta read the Bible. Ah, I gotta go to church. I gotta go to connect group. <laughs> what? You dumb for real. The new nature has spring up, oh well, has this new. I didn't think I would ever want to go to church every Sunday. I never thought, you got to know, I had a past. You, I would have never thought you would catch me of all people reading the Bible on the Bible app every day. I, this is crazy. 
Why? Because God gets a hold of you and does such a, listen, it is called a changing of disposition. And your disposition determines your devotion. You will be devoted to the wrong thing until Jesus changes your disposition to say, I'm for God. I'm with God. The gospel's at work in my life. This is about, it all starts with Jesus. In other words, church, hear me. We can read Acts chapter 242 and be like, wow, that's so beautiful. They were together every day and they were breaking bread and they were praying and they were loving life and they just had unity and it was just like, oh my gosh, this is the sound of music, church. Stop. That is the fruit of it. At the root of it is Jesus. At the bottom and the baseline and the foundation is I said yes to the gospel and the gospel changed me and I never thought I'd have the fruit. I never imagined me loving God. Come on, somebody thank God right now. Jesus is doing a work. It's called salvation. It's called the good news. It's called the power of Jesus Christ. Come on, Valley. Give him a shout of praise right now. I never thought, I never had a person like me. Oh, I'm a wretch. I'm, I love getting around people that like, they love to brag about their past. You ever get around people like, whoa, you don't know my past. Dude, I used to go to van. I used to do this, that, and the other. And I was like, ah, cool. Yeah, guess what? We all have a past. Like your past is so much glorious than somebody else's. We all sinned. There is no, in God, God's not in heaven going like, okay, that's fine. That's a little sin. But you, wowzers, you are one messed up individual. Can't believe you did it. He doesn't have a measuring stick of sin. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Listen, the only thing that matters is that we receive Jesus and we receive salvation. I just, I don't want us to misinterpret the scriptures today because it is beautiful and we're going to get there. But can we first go back that they first said yes to Jesus. They second received the Holy Spirit. They third were water baptized. I want to encourage anybody in our church, if you've yet to receive the Holy Spirit and you've yet to receive baptism, you can't have the fruit until you get to the root. It is all about Jesus. It is all about the Holy Spirit. And it is all about being baptized in water to say my old Adam nature is gone and my new Christ nature is here. Come on, clap in advance for everybody that's going to get baptized at the end of the month on the same day that we launch East. Come on, we're going to water baptize people in the East location, at the Valley location, and at the Bancroft location. And what is water baptism? I want to tell you, if you've never been water baptized, you need to do it. Because you are making a declaration in front of heaven and hell. You're making it to your friends and your family and your community. I'm not that old man. I'm not that old person. I used to be a punk. I used to be rebellious. I used to be a jerk. I used to be addicted. But now I'm in Christ. And now I am in salvation. And now I do love God. And when that happens, all of a sudden... Write down the last one, number four. It all leads to an irresistible lifestyle and community. It's just irresistible. It's like, I can't, I can't resist this. Sorry, this is my microphone. I, I, like, I just can't resist this. Like, let's just, let's just paint it in an L.A. picture. They go to church on Sunday, but then they get together on Monday. And they're not like, oh, I go to Connect Group once a week. They're together Tuesday and Wednesday. They all up in each other's business. But they're not just like getting together and be like, okay, we're in John chapter 3 today. Let's study. 
Sometimes they just get together and like, what do you feel like, Mediterranean? Me too, let's go. And the next day they pray together. And the next day they go to the Dodger game together. Shout out to Mookie. And they're just together in community. And they are living for the same thing. I think the most, I think the most difficult thing about this for many of us is that when you receive Jesus, you are still in this world, but you are not of this world. So you are still in this world, but when you receive Jesus, you're part of a different kingdom, you have a different king, and you play by a different set of rules. And if you are going to live well in a kingdom you are no longer a citizen of, you need to be around other kingdom-minded people. It's like me too, man. I'm doing my best to follow him. Being a Christian is not about going to church. Being a Christian is about being a follower of the way. So I'm doing my best. I'm, I, why do I pray? Because I want to follow his way. Why do I read the scriptures? Because how can I follow the way if I don't know what the way is? How do, I, how do I really live in this world and not be of it if I'm not around other people that, man, I'm inspired by your kindness. I'm inspired by your generosity. The way you parent, I need to learn. The way, your marriage is inspiring to me. If that's what kingdom marriage looks like, I want to learn that. And you start living a life. This is just so awesome to me. You start living a life that the Bible says every day people were being added. Now, this is kind of cool because, like, last Sunday I think 50 people got saved at Zoe. That's awesome. Come on, clap for everybody that raised their hand and said yes to Jesus. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's fantastic. That's really cool. But, like, you know what's really cool is then, like, on Tuesday night at a cafe in Hollywood, they're sitting there and they're having a conversation, and someone that's sitting there gives their life to Jesus during the week. In other words, the community was so infectious. The love for one another was so contagious. It didn't take Sunday to Sunday. People were added to the church every single day because the life and the community was irresistible. Other people that had lived in shame and lonely and filled with guilt and lived with such, uh, such depression were like, what is it that you guys have? How did you get to this place? You, what you have is irresistible. Come on, clap together and thank God we are not trying to build a church that is irresistible. We're trying to build a community that is irresistible. Clap a little bit louder and make a commitment. I want this kind of life. Worship team, come and join me. I love this, and this is our passion. When we started the church, you got to know this. When we started the church, we moved down from Seattle to L.A., and for about nine months, we met every Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night, we would meet with a group of people that were getting ready to launch Zoe Church. Roman and Erica were in that group, and Aaron and Kelly were in that group, and so many people that are here today. And every Tuesday night, we'd gather. We'd get, it, was, it was all good. We started in our living room with 11 people. so glorious like I got to LA and we're in our living room with 11 people and I'm like wow God we're really doing it huh this is so exciting we're in our living room with 11 people every Tuesday night and that lasted like maybe six weeks and it grew to like 85 people and like 85 people in our living room until one Tuesday night I looked out and I seen this guy and I was like whoa he should never be in my house that guy right there so the next week we rented a church in Santa Monica we moved 
that's the scariest guy I've ever seen. What's he doing in my house? Oh, yeah, that's right. We're building church. But every Tuesday night, we'd gather. And for nine months, we talked about, you know, like the values of our community and what Zoe's about. And we prepared our team to see what, you know, it's like, it is a real privilege to come and sing really good worship songs and to hear a message about Jesus. That's cool. I've been doing that my whole life. But I think why my wife is crying, why so many of us are crying, is because you don't need another service. What you've been craving is community. And Jesus knows it, doesn't he? So he put it right when the Holy Spirit comes. Right when the Holy Spirit comes. The first thing that's happening is the power of community. I hope this week you'll break bread with somebody. I hope this week you'll take time and to get together and pray with somebody. I hope this week you just get together and maybe watch the Lakers. That could be one of the most spiritual things you do this week. Can I get an amen? Can I just ask you to stop living over here? The enemy's won long enough. He's been keeping you away from the community he got kicked out of. And I say, no more. I say we stop seeing church as a Sunday thing. And we start seeing church as a community thing. It's not about how good, oh, Sunday was so good, man. Pastor, great message. Woo! Love that one. Love that one, man. That was good. That was so good, Pastor. Great. Thank you. Appreciate it. But what are you going to do Monday through Saturday? Because what this guy is saying is true for me and you. By Monday, I be tripping. How about you? We've got to be a people that are more committed to the church Monday through Saturday than we are to a service on Sunday. Come on, I don't know about you, but I want to see Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47, lived out at Zoe Church. I don't know about you, but I'm craving community. Anybody else?